0: Man, I thank God for the Spirit in this house. How many's just thankful that when we begin to praise and worship, that the presence of God shows up. That He is a man of His Word. That he is, he is He is a person that cannot lie. And when He says, "I will inhabit the praises of my people," He He does. And I'm thankful for that tonight. First Corinthians chapter three. I will tell you. Last night, as I was here praying and studying, I I I knew. Some some may know how I feel. You you knew what you were going to talk about, but didn't know exactly what you were going to talk about. And I knew that the Lord had dropped a a thought in my heart. And uh, last night, as I was here in the office, I began to listen to Pastor preach in, in in Virginia at at Oakwood Full Gospel Church there with Pastor Jerry Harmon, and I I believe that God just used him to confirm what I am to. Teach to you tonight. Amen. First Corinthians sh- chapter 3. If you're able, just stand one more time for the reading of God's word. We're just going to read a few verses and we'll, we'll, we'll uh let you sit down. But we're going to begin in verse 10. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and v- verse 10 that according to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. And another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth there thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. To say Amen. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Turn to your neighbor and say, reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Let us pray. God, we come before you. We thank you for your word and its anointing. We ask that your word go forth in that anointing and penetrate hearts and minds tonight. And Lord, destroy yokes and bondages. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. You may be seated tonight. We see here that Paul being the spiritual father and pastor that he is, is writing his first letter, thus the reason the one before Corinthians, the his first letter to the church at Corinth. And he he discloses many things in first and second Corinthians that are so practical and so true to the Christian life but here we find that as he goes he goes into the this chapter this this chapter was put there by men but it was all written as a letter but as he's going through this part of his letter he begins to tell the church at Corinth that, listen, I, I, I desire to give you meat sustenance, something deep in the spirit to give you, but you're still uh, on the milk, you're still uh, on the simple things. And he what he begins to tell the people of God is, you're not maturing like you should. And he says, he goes as far to say, I know that you're not maturing as you should because there's envy, there's envyings among you, there's strife among you. There's division among you. And he says, so therefore, he, he's pretty much proclaiming, I see that, that you have not matured yet. And he begins to, to disclose and talk about many different things. And we get to this portion of Scripture that we read to tonight. And what Paul is doing is he's simply instructing the people uh, about how that Jesus Christ uh, is the foundation that we can build our lives upon. Something very simple. And, and what he's doing is being that father, being that pastor, being that shepherd that he is. Uh, what is happening in this text, I believe, is, is, what, what is what is going on is he's telling them, listen, this is how you mature. You first must build on Christ Jesus. And, and, and he says, and, and this is how, how we get to that maturity that, that he was telling them about in the first part of this chapter. And we see that, that he's telling them that Jesus, through his sacrifice, through his resurrection, through sending, the sending of his Holy Spirit, uh, has given us the tools that we need to build a, a good Christian life. Okay, This may be teaching. Uh, this may be preaching. I'm not, I'm not sure what it's going to be. I want it to be what the Holy Spirit wants it to be. But I believe that everyone under the sound of my voice tonight, they want a good Christian life. That's why you're in the house of God. And I I thank God for that. I thank God for our willingness. And many would say that they've heard it preached and taught that Jesus needs to be the foundation of that life. But I want to point out some verses that I read to you tonight where the Bible tells us through the writer Paul, through the Holy Spirit, through through the writer Paul, he tells us in verse 10 uh, that he's, he's a master builder and, and he, he begins to divulge some of these things. But he says, uh, you need to take heed. You need to take warning. You need to pay close attention to how you build upon this foundation. He goes on to say in verse 13 that the reason we need to take heed and, and build correctly is because our lives will be tested. He says in verse 13, he says, now, now understand this, that you will be tried by fire. And what you built, he, says, he literally says it this way, will be manifested. And then he goes on and says, it will be revealed. Or that word in the Greek means disclosed. It will be wide open. Everybody can see. So I I, I want to ask you tonight, if I can, what kind of life are you truly building? What kind of life... Are you truly building? Because we see here that Jesus is to be our foundation. And and many people say, yes, yeah, we we believe in that. We, We believe in the truth of that. But again, we cannot overlook the warnings that Paul gives us because he's telling us you need to take heed how you build upon this foundation that has been given to you because you will be tried. And we will see what you're made of. You say, oh, that, that, sounds, that sounds awful. It sounds like we're going to look at, at one another and judge one another. No, what, what, what he's speaking of is that the Holy Spirit will try you by fire. Life will try you by fire. Listen, life does not come with instructions. That's why we got the Bible, because it helps us get through. Every, every, we making sense. Am I making sense to you tonight? I, 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 I know it's kind of slow. It's kind of teaching mode tonight, but that, that, that's fine. I, I, but I want to ask you this. What are you building What does your life look like? I'm not here to judge and point fingers. This is something that that I have to do often in my own life. I ask you the same question that Haggai asked the people of Israel in in chapter 1 of his book. When he says in verse 3 that the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet saying in verse 4. Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in sealed houses and this house lie in waste? So what does that have to do with anything? What he's simply saying is, are you busy building your own kingdom? Your own little world, your own little bubble for you and your family? Listen, I'm not saying it's wrong to be protective. That's not what I'm getting at tonight. But he says, are you building correctly on the correct foundation? Are your priorities right? Is the house of God more important than your kingdom? Is the kingdom of God more important than your kingdom? I ask you that tonight. The Bible says this, that, and I'm going somewhere with all this. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 14, beginning there it says, For for as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of bondage again to fear. Thank God for that. But you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Catch this. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God in joint heirs with Christ. If so be that, that, we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified, be, be also glorified together. So- I, I promise I'm I'm going somewhere with all this because we just made reference to in Haggai how he was saying are you building your kingdom are you building God's kingdom are you doing things God's way are you doing things your way and, and and we see that Paul is telling us about the foundations and take heed how we build upon it because it will be tried and here we find out that in this kingdom that we're talking about that Jesus tells us through Paul again writing to the Romans uh, that we We are heirs. We are heirs. We are heirs of a kingdom. We are heirs of what Christ has purchased for us on Calvary. A kingdom is an area or sphere in which one holds a preeminent position or supreme position. say, okay, I know what a kingdom is. But hear me tonight, Jesus did not come just to lay foundations for a kingdom or to give us a commission to build a kingdom, but he came to build a kingdom and create a dynasty. Okay, you say, what what are you talking about? That's what I want to preach on tonight. Kingdoms and dynasties. You say, what's the difference? Many people can have a kingdom kingdom. But a dynasty is something that is passed on from generation to generation to generation. I know we work in the kingdom of God. We know it as the kingdom of God, but I want you to know because Romans chapter 8 tells us that we are heirs. Thus for we're not just in a kingdom, we are part of a dynasty. Say, oh, the dynasty, what is this word? Uh, many people use dynasty now in sports. they say Alabama has a dynasty in football, and Duke has a dynasty in basketball, and, and Indiana, I wish you had a dynasty in basketball, but you ain't had a dynasty in basketball in a long time. I wish I could say that. That was just for Chris Cavins. That was all that right to Chris Cavins. I'll just throw that to him. But many people say that they have a dynasty. It's something that is passed on. They're just inherently good. There's just something about them that draws people to them that everybody just sees them and says that's success. That's excellence. That's what I want to be. And I want you to know because of Christ Jesus and our acceptance of what he did on the cross and what he did by raising from the grave, what we have now become is heirs, uh, not only of a kingdom, but we have become part of a dynasty. We are to carry on what he has passed on to us. Another synonym, if you will, of, of dynasty is, is maybe a more familiar term for you is legacy. It is something that is passed down from generation to generation. An heir is simply someone that is defined as a successor hear me tonight, defined as a successor. But I want you to to be aware of how successors are anointed in that time. What has happened is if you are an heir of God or you're an heir of a kingship, if you will, of a kingdom, what happens is that you were anointed. Anointed. So hear me tonight, to anoint literally means to pronounce a successor. So by being heirs of God, we are not only heirs of a kingdom, we are not only heirs of a dynasty, but we are anointed by God. We are anointed and chosen by God as someone that can be trusted to not only carry out his plan, but to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. To not just exist, but to thrive. See, so what does this have to do with what are we building? What, where, 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 where are you getting to? Is this, this is the perfect place for me to just stop and camp out for a moment. Because the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. We were given power and anointing to do something. So let me rephrase my previous question and not ask, what are you building? What are you doing with your anointing? You say, but I'm, I just go to church here and I, I, mean, I don't, like God doesn't speak to me and I've never heard God say this or God's, I want you to hear me under the sound of my voice tonight. I, I know it, it's different for me. I'm usually up here screaming and sweating and snotting and, you know, it's, it's okay. You just get used to it. But what, what I want you to hear is if you are saved, and this is what the sinner needs to know, is that even if you're not, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And my Bible tells me that it's plans of good, not of evil. But he has not brought you into this world and, and not brought you into this kingdom, into this dynasty, just so that you can exist. It's so that you can do something with the anointing and the airship that he's given you. We talk about evangelism. That's, that, that, that's a great part of it. I, I, but I, 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 what I see is when I look around at the church, what I see is people that have been given a foundation but they really don't know what they're building. They just, well, if I go to church, and then my kids will be all right. No, 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 no. Your kids won't be all right if you go to church. It helps. But what helps your children the most is if you are the church. Hear me tonight, because not only are we trying to work on the foundation that Christ has given us, but hear me parents and grandparents tonight, is we are laying, we are responsible for laying and building on the foundation that our children will stand on. This is where, this, this is where it gets good, because you have to understand that I'm not just in my house, I'm not building a kingdom, I'm building a dynasty. It's not just something that they're going to say, well, that kingdom exists. Listen, there's been a ton of kingdoms, Brother Ethan, that has existed. But there's very few dynasties. See, so where, where are you getting with this? See, I, I don't want, uh, I don't, I don't want uh, my, my beautiful little girls over here to grow up uh, and, 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 and just, just get up and, 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 and be able to sing and be able to preach. And then all of a sudden, 10 years later, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years down the road, uh, they're not in the house of God. That's not a dynasty. That's a kingdom that can come and it can go. But I'm trying to build a foundation that my children can stand on. And that they they can become heirs. And Pastor was preaching and he's preached so often here about mantles. I, I, I'm not—I'm not anything special, but I, I i believe, and I thank God that I—I—I'm an heir. I, I have. Godly people in in my family on both sides of my family and and I, I believe that many of those things I, I see traits of my mother in myself and it scares me and and, and all these things and, and I understand that but I see that there's there's a mantle of, of hers that I can see on my life and I want my children to look out one day and say you know what I'm kind of acting like my dad and my mom and that's weird but 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 it's godly and 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 I, I want their children to see those things you see I, I'm not just building for tomorrow. I, I'm building for a hundred years right now. So it's important I know what I'm building. Because a kingdom is isolated and it's all about you. If you're doing it your way. Because hear me tonight, not only did Paul say in First Corinthians chapter 3 that your, your kingdom, your, your building, your structure is going to be tried by fire. He says this, if the fire consumes your building, correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor. He says in verse 15, if fire consumes your building, you will suffer loss. But Michael, he says, you'll be saved. You say, what does that have to do with anything? That's how Christians have been going to heaven for years. They've suffered loss. The children aren't in the house of God, don't desire to be in the house of God because they didn't build things right. I'm not saying we're all perfect. Listen, I'm not here to condemn, but, but I'm seeing as being a parent with, with two little girls. I mean, they're not even teenagers yet. But I'm seeing how important it is that when I'm gone, that what I built doesn't collapse. And I make it to heaven and I look back and I have no legacy. I have no dynasty. All I had was a kingdom. Hear me tonight. Many of us go through situations. We've all been through stuff. I can name some of the things that, that, that we've, we've conversed about, that we've talked about. We've, we've been through things. But here's what's important. Those fires, those trials of life. What, what Paul is saying in First Corinthians 3 is those things are testing what you're building. And he says, they will show what you're building. So let me ask you this. When your family's in a trial or in a situation or you're in a battle, listen, I'll tell you this, as, as parent, parents can amen me on this, when you're being attacked, your family's being attacked. Hear me. We, 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 for some reason in the church these days, we don't talk too much about spiritual warfare. But I, I want you to know this, that when mama and daddy's going through it, you better believe that he's try, the enemy's trying to get to your children. And we see these. Oh man, I'm just going through battle. I'm just going through trial. No, 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 no. You're being tried because the because God what 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 God is doing. See, the enemy's trying to tear you down, but what God is trying to show you is what you're building. Are you building a kingdom? Or are you building a dynasty? You say, "Why does this matter?" And I'm not going to be too much longer. You see. There were two men in the Bible. And they were both kings. One's name was Saul. The other one's name was David. Here's the thing. TJ, they were both anointed. Saul was anointed to be king. The Bible says that, Paul, that Saul danced and prophesied. He was anointed, Brandy. He was anointed by God. To be king... Of God's people. But Marcella, he, he couldn't do things the right way. He couldn't build the kingdom the right way. Because what instead of building a dynasty that his children and his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren could grow up in and, and inherit what God had given to him. Instead, he was so worried about losing what he, had, he thought he had built. Here's what I want you to know. We, we think in America we have this like little entitlement thing where it's like, man, I got my house, I got my kids, I got my car. I got. Listen, you deserve none of that. None of it. Zilch. Nothing. And we think that, oh, because we live in America, we inherently should have those things. I, I, I want you to know that, that we don't deserve any of those things. And we don't deserve the anointing that God has placed on our life. Hear me tonight. We don't deserve that anointing. But Saul was given that anointing and he had, he, 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 the Lord had helped him build this kingdom but, but he thought it was his kingdom. So much so that he spent 10 to 20 years chasing David because he thought that David was going to steal his kingdom. And believe it, hey man, I've been, I've been raised in this thing and church people are the same way. And what did Paul tell the Corinthian church at the beginning of this chapter? He said, I can tell you on the milk because there's strife and there's envyings and there's division among you. And there's a lot of people who want to protect their kingdom. Do you, do you realize that when you're so, you're so, you want to be so insulated, so, so isolated from everybody else, you don't, want, you don't want anybody to get your stuff. What happens is you're going to lose it all. Because you're not focused on building a dynasty. You're focused on building your kingdom. But then there's David. David was anointed. Acted and lived like he was anointed. So much so that God promoted him and elevated him. And he had to wait for years and years before he ever claimed what God had promised to him. He wasn't a man that was perfect. We all know that David was not perfect. But he was a man that worshipped. He was a man that prayed. He was a man that was willing to fight. And do you know what God brought him? He had 21 heirs of his kingdom. That's not just a kingdom. He was given a dynasty. You know how many Saul had? One. One. And he had one for two years, and he was illegitimate. Ishbosheth was his name. But here's here here's where I'm going to close. Is what distinguished Saul and David was when the fire came. What do these blocks have to do with anything? You're going to see. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 13 that Saul and his men were surrounded. And Pastor preached on this a few weeks ago. Brother Mason Ely preached on it a few weeks ago in 1 Samuel 14, where Jonathan, his son, goes out and wins the battle pretty much for him. What was Saul doing? Saul was anointed to be king, Ethan. He was sitting at Migron underneath a tree, pouting, Thinking it was all over. So when the fire came, he wasn't willing to fight. First Samuel chapter 17, David and Goliath. Well, you know who sat in his tent for 40 days while Goliath came out and provoked and blasphemed the people of God and the God of Israel? Saul was there. Anointed to be king. Never once picked up his sword. The fire came and showed what he was building. Showed what he was building. Time and time again throughout Saul's life. When the fire would come, adversity would come. He wouldn't fight. He wouldn't fight for his family. He wouldn't fight for his kingdom. He would sit there and pout would do anything. But let's look at David. When the bear came, he fought. When Goliath came, he fought. You say, what does that mean? What did our, our text say? The fires will show what you're building. Hear me tonight, parents. When you're battling, how you respond to what you're battling is setting up a foundation that your children will stand on. Saul would not fight, so therefore his family had no foundation. Hear me tonight. It's about time that parents and grandparents, hear me, Hear me. we take some authority back. We we don't talk about this much. We don't, we, we don't, we don't want to to deal with this much, we don't want to hurt people's feelings. Listen, I love you tonight, but it's time that our children see us confronting the enemy in spiritual warfare more than they see us chewing someone out that got our order wrong. Hear me. When our children are more used to seeing us be bold to face things in in the natural than the supernatural, we got a problem. When we're more willing to stand up and say, Oh, I was done wrong, I was done wrong, then we're willing to stand up and say, Devil, you can't have my children, you can't have my family, you can't have my finances, you can't have my marriage. When we're not willing to be bold in the spirit, guess what? You're building a foundation for your children, but it ain't the right one. But when Goliath came, David's fault, you know what he was doing? He was laying a foundation. He was laying a foundation. When he came in and he, he wanted to bring the ark in and he did it the wrong way, instead of responding and saying, Oh, boohoo me, he said, God, how can we fix this? God, what can we do? God says, You bring it in the right way. And he danced before the Lord with all of his might. You know, his children might have saw him do that, and what he was doing, instead of sitting there and boohooing and saying, You know what, I'm just such a victim in this life. No, he, he worshiped. And he by doing so, he was building a foundation for his children to stand on. And every battle he faced, it wasn't meaningless. What he was doing is saying, listen, I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight for my nation. I'm going to fight for the people that God has given me. I have an anointing on my life. Listen, it's not arrogance. It's just knowing who you are and who you belong to and what you are able to do through Christ. Here's what you're able to do through Christ. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or think. Those things, can happen in your life if you'll just stand up and begin to fight through worship, begin to fight through prayer, begin to fight through fasting, begin to fight by saying, hey, listen, church ain't an option in this house. We're going to the house of the Lord. Listen, I'm tired of all this stuff where we, we, we can't be parents anymore. Listen, my girls know. They can boo-hoo and cry. I'll pick them up, carrying them out the door, sk- kicking and screaming. Church is not an option. Why? because they think I'm just being mean but they don't realize I'm laying a foundation for their life. Why does it matter? Ava, can you help me? Come here. Help me. You don't want to help me? You don't have to say nothing. Come here. Okay, Addy, you want to help me? Come here. This little girl, she's one. She's beautiful, like her mama. What do you think? Huh? Hey, what do we tell them boys? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. no. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Hear me. When, when my marriage is attacked, Listen, that happens. What these children need to see is not mom and dad fight in the natural. What they need to see is mom and dad hold hands and say, you know what? I don't know why this is going on, but we're going to pray about this. And we're going to get through this because we know this is the enemy working. This isn't me. This isn't you. This is the enemy working. We're not going to let the enemy come into this marriage. Listen, divorce is not a word that's mentioned in my house. That is a curse word. We do not say that. We, even if someone it's about someone else, we don't say it around our children. I remember one time my my parents got in an argument and my, my dad's probably watching me and being like, oh my gosh, they got in an argument, they got in an argument, and I, I was I was young, Pastor, and I got scared and I said, I went to my mom and said, Are you you and dad getting a divorce? She said, divorce? She said, We don't use that word in this house. And she don't realize that by her saying that, she was building a foundation for my marriage. By saying, listen, I, I didn't marry my wife with a plan B. She's plan A, she's plan B, she's plan C, she's plan D. She's, she's everything to me. But you see, when I fight, I'm not just fighting for that beautiful woman over there. But I'm fighting for these girls. Because one day they're going to have to stand on their own. And guess what? How I raise them determines what ground they stand on. You see, I want my little girls... To be able to stand on a sure foundation and be like the like Apostle Paul. You had to find the crack, didn't you? Like Apostle uh, Paul said, I want to be found, I want them to be found steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And I want them to tell their children and their grandchildren that you know what? your grandparents, Jaden and Sierra, laid a foundation for us that we could stand on. You see, Gigi? Hear me tonight. I know we go through stuff. But we have to realize what we're building. <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> Tell them boys, no, 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 no. We work on that for hours and hours. No, 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 no. I was at a wedding last week, and I asked, I asked Ava. I said, "Do you want a wedding dress like that?" She said, "No." I said, "Good. You don't need one." <laughs> but hear me tonight. It matters how you respond to everything, because you're building a foundation for your children's life, and the fires will test you, and they will show what you have. Not only to your children, but those around you. Some of you, you're the only Christ that people will see. How are you building your life? How are you using your anointing? Are you fighting? Are you like Saul, sitting over in Migron, saying, "Ah, it's over." She don't like you, TJ. <laughs> but stand with me across this house. Let me pass this good looking lady off. <laughs> the Bible tells us, Matthew chapter 20, 25, there's two parables in there, Brandy. The first one he tells us is about ten virgins. And here's the thing about the ten virgins. Is Brother Chris, they all had lamps and they all had oil. But only five took extra oil. The Bible tells us in that same chapter the story of the talents. Three servants were all given talents. And we're all given a charge to do something with them. The five virgins were waiting, fell asleep, waiting for the bridegroom to come, fell asleep, woke up. Five was ready and prepared. The other five ran out of oil. The men with the talents, two doubled their money. The other one didn't do anything with it. You say, what are you talking about? There were five virgins that were building a kingdom, not a dynasty. They weren't ready. Weren't prepared. Didn't have enough anointing to to make it through. And the men with the talents, the two men that doubled theirs, they were blessed, Brother Dan. But the one that buried his and said, listen, I'm just going to protect it. I'm just going to protect it. I don't want it to grow. I don't want it to mature. The master took his talent and cast him out because he did nothing with what the master gave him. So what does that have to do with anything? As it was for the virgins, it is for the men with the talents. Two wanted a dynasty. They were willing to invest So that things could be better. And one just said, I'm going to protect what I have. You say, are you saying it's wrong to be protect?" I'm not saying it's wrong to be protective. But what I'm saying is wrong is for us not to fight. And young people hear me. I'm not that far removed from many of you. You have tough days. You have tough stuff? These kids face all kinds of junk at school. All kinds. I'm fully aware of that. But young people hear me. Your parents go through more junk than you can imagine. Day in and day out. Especially if you work with the public or in your ministry, it's you deal with some crazy things. Had a crazy day today. But hear me. What does it show my children, Brother Wayne, when I come home from work? And it may have been tough, but instead of, I hold my arms out. Oh, I missed you. I love you. You think all that is meaningless. No, no, no. You're building something. I tell you, I've been through some trials in this life. You all have been through trials in your life. But I can speak for myself. That when those trials came, I could look around. And my family was standing. And instead of looking at the the things that I could be discouraged about, I began to look at the things that the Lord was showing me. Because the enemy likes to magnify the bad. It's so much. Anybody agree with me? It is way easier to be negative than positive. Especially in our culture. But the enemy tries to magnify those bad things. But you know what I've learned in my, in my short time on this earth? Is when everything's going wrong, look at what's right. And those things have encouraged me because they've showed me. Hey, Jay. Listen, just because I'm a preacher don't mean I'm full of confidence all the time. But there's times, man, I'm like, man, I, I don't feel like I'm a good father. I don't feel like I'm a good husband. I don't feel like I'm a good pastor. We go through those things. We're human. But in those hard times, the Lord begins to show me, maybe you're doing something right. I'm not perfect. David wasn't perfect. Hey, all of David's heirs, he had some messed up sons and grandsons. But here's the fact. The Bible tells us in 1 Chronicles or might be 2 Chronicles, I could be wrong, 34, tells us of Josiah. A young man whose father was so wicked that his own people killed him. Eight years old when he took power. And here's what the Bible says. That he did things the way his father David did. And it says when he was 18 years of age, if I'm not mistaken, that he looked back and he said, Whatever my grand great 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 great, I mean, we're talking almost 12 generations removed from David, one of his heirs was able to look back and say, We're gonna build on this. The Bible says that he tore down all the idols. He brought back the law and the word of God. David wasn't perfect, but he set up a foundation that hundreds of years removed from his death that his grandson could stand on. And so you know what? I want to do it the way he did it. What are you building? What are you doing with the gifts that God has given you? What kind of foundation are you standing on? If you're here tonight, you just want encouragement, we'll pray with you. If you need direction, we'll pray with you. If you have a special need, we'll pray with you. But I'm going to call us to a time of prayer just to self-examine. Can I ask you to do that? Self-examine. God, in the trials of my life, what am I really building? Am I just concerned about me and mine? Or am I concerned about doing things your way? Am I building my own house while the spiritual things, that's really what that's showing us. Am I worried about the physical things in my own life and I'm not worried about the spiritual things? Because here's what my Bible tells me. That the spirit and the flesh war against one another. But here's the thing, the flesh will die but the spirit will live on. They sing that song, hold to God's unchanging hand. And what does it say? Build your hopes on things eternal. Not things seen, but those things that which are not seen. So I'm going to call us to a place of prayer tonight. Again, if you want special prayer, you want encouragement, we'll pray with you. If you have a special need, we'll pray with you. But I'm just going to ask us to self-examine. as Sister Melissa plays and sings. Just self-examine. Say, God, what am I being? Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you. Uh, in a personal way and that you can take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life and as you can continue your walk with Christ continue your walk with us as well follow us uh, click in the link below in the description there follow us on all of our social media platforms and don't forget to uh, like and subscribe Uh, I feel like a YouTuber here but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us Um, and thank you for joining us